Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. Hey, welcome to this week's episode. It's a little bit late because I have been busy in South Carolina. It is our first conference of the year. I can't believe we are back in conference season. It seems to go by so fast. I don't know how it feels for you guys, but Leslie and I have been traveling. This is our fifth year on the road, and to be honest, in the off season, which usually happens around September, we travel a lot from March until August, and from September until February, we are white, and this year, we decided to follow through on something we had been promising um, our followers, our fans, our users for several years that we would come up with a summer curriculum. People have been asking us to do that, to come up with a summer curriculum. And, you know, we, we'd say yes, because I'm the queen of yes, right? But then it would just get like daunting because we'd be so tired from traveling. And this year we cut down our travel schedule a little bit. I know several of you have been asking if we were coming to your state and disappointed that we were not. And I'm so sorry, but I will tell you, traveling is difficult. I think when I didn't do it, um, like I do it now, I didn't understand, right? I, I imagine this glamorous life of hotels and talking to people. And and unfortunately, it's as fun as it is and as great as, as it is, it is taxing on the body and the soul and the mind. And so we cut down to about eight conferences this year, which is still quite a bit, but not like the 24 we did one year. Anyway, all that to say, we are excited to be back on the road And I thought it might be fun this year for podcasting that I would do lessons I learned each trip. I did that in a blog format a couple years ago, lessons I learned on the road. And it is amazing because as much as I love um, sharing information and passions that I have in the early childhood world and being a mom, I learn lessons. And this year, I'm sure, will be no different. We've already started off one, like I said, one conference down, and I've learned quite a lesson. So... We're going to have this whole series called Lessons on the Road, and every time I'm traveling, I'm going to tell you some things that I've learned and share, because maybe they'll be helpful for you, because I think that what I know is that I learn so much when I hear other people's experiences, and I'm like, yes, I can relate to that, or yes, I can learn from that. So I thought, you know what, if it's me um, learning, then maybe I can help you by sharing some of my stuff on the road, and you can learn too. So this week... We went to Greenville, South Carolina, and I tell you, the first time back is like a reunion. Seeing all the vendors, seeing people that we haven't seen in several months, it's fun. You get to, you know, catch up, and kids are grown up some, and people have changed, and life stuff has happened to the time that you saw them last, and it's great to catch up, and a couple people that stood out, Kathy Cook came by our booth, and gosh, I love her. I had decided to include one of her books in my talk this year, A Great Smarts. If you don't know that book, you need to check it out. Kathy is one of those people that just gets brain development and understands children and how to work with children and how to teach children. And um, I really recommend you check her out. Every time I ask participants, hey, who was your favorite speaker? Kathy is always one of the ones that pops up that everyone says they love to hear her speak. So check her out. She is going to be here in Atlanta. She does a lot of stuff for the pro-life movement. She does a lot of stuff 
um, with teenagers speaking all over that. Actually, I think she was in a movie with Kirk Cameron and it's coming out or has come out and it's coming out again. So check that out. But we just had a great time at the booth hearing all the stuff that she is doing to impact the lives of moms and dads and ultimately children. So I love that. We have a new booth set up this year and I got to share that and I'll post some pictures on the show notes. Really cool. It's fun to redesign our booth, but we wanted to make it inviting for moms. We added a sofa this year and we put some nature blocks that we had put in our summer curriculum in there. And of course we had our water beads. And so it invited conversation with moms that might not have felt comfortable before were able to sit on the sofa and relax. And I had quite a few conversations with moms. And a lot of the same things came up. You know, how do I how do I school so many kids at one time? How do I know when my child is ready to read? What do I do when it's time to get to work and not play? So I thought I would kind of go over all those. And maybe you're thinking about that stuff too. And we can unpack those together. So I think how do I know when it's time to move on. Well, you really never move on from play. The attitude of play should be something you carry on into their college years. I mean, really, into adulthood, we should all seek to live with this kind of playful attitude, with this playful approach to life. And that's why it's so important that we help our kids figure out and navigate what it is that they are passionate about. And the best way you do that is in those early years, watching them play, watching what they gravitate you know, towards. I noticed that um, what my children gravitated towards as young kids really seemed to be what they've carried out as they've gotten older. So pay attention to that and then teach according to that passion as much as you can. I know I talk about Henry a lot and Henry's passion for sports and and so as much as we can we teach towards that and it was funny Henry came up to visit at the conference and the first thing out of his mouth was like hey mom have you heard of Pete Maravich and he goes on to this whole story of um, Pete Maravich's life and dying at an early age and predicting his death and all these facts that he had gone out and researched himself because he had watched a clip about Pete Maravich as a basketball player and he began to be curious about it and so he wanted more information. I loved that. I loved that he sought out that information on his own because he was curious. And if you want your kids to remain curious, then then you know, provide opportunities for that curiosity to be developed. Provide opportunities for them to be curious and then help them answer those in those curious moments. Help them figure out what it is that they want to know the information to in the early years. And then when they're older, they will continue to be curious and they will seek out information on their own. The other thing is the whole reading thing. Man, I hear that a lot. And I know I've talked about that on the podcast a lot, but it continues to come up and and how do you know and i think we're fearful right we're fearful of letting down our kids and so this this conference it came up a lot too and i just have to keep reminding parents that yes we need to go over reading yes we need to read aloud to our kids yes we need to build our vocabulary with our kids yes we need to help them recognize the importance of symbols letters we need to help them realize that they have meaning and and words have purpose and words have meaning and usually the most important one to them is the the letters in their own name right so start there and then keep a close eye on 
again, their curiosity. Kids will really tell you when they're ready. And most of the time, it's not around three or four. Sometimes it is. Don't get me wrong. You might have a kid who's completely ready to read at three or four. I had one that read at four, but most of mine weren't really ready to read until seven or eight. And and that was okay, too. If you let them be and let them play, let them be curious, let them ask questions, you ask them questions, you're going to see them start saying, hey, how do I spell that? Hey, um, what does that say? I can do that. I can read that. You'll see them take brown bear out of your hand and they'll start reading it themselves. And if you have this attitude of, hey, let's write that down. That's important. I want to have that for later. And let them understand that, oh, wait, we take notes. We we put things in journals. We keep information that's valuable. Again, they'll start correlating and connecting that these words have meaning, these sentences have purpose, and they'll start putting it together. And then it's easier to move into a phonics or an English lesson. Some kids don't even need a phonics. Most do, but some don't. So, you know, just be careful of how early that you start that. And I know that some, um, this one dad, precious dad, um, was on both and he said, hey, you know, when do we push them? Like, well, if they're not ready or if they're not excited or willing, when do we just push them? And I'm like, well, what's the benefit of that? Why do you see that's necessary? And he's like, well, don't we have to force them to do things they don't want to do? And and look, I'm, I'm not a fan of saying, hey, let our kids rule the world. Don't misunderstand this. But what I'm saying is that there's a time and, and kids want to learn to read. It's it's in us. We, we desire that information. So we've just got to put it before them. And they will grab, grab it when it's time. And I said, well, what's the benefit? And he's like, well, I, I was forced to do it. I, I was forced to do things. And then he paused and he says, and you know what? Didn't have a really good ending with me. It really didn't end well. didn't benefit me. And I thought, hmm, so what do you think? You think that's something you want to carry out with your son? And after a minute, he's like, no, actually, I don't. And it was it was a beautiful moment. And I think when we get these aha moments and, you know, we do want our kids to be self-starters. We want our kids to be intrinsically motivated. We want our kids to be lifelong learners. So we want to set the stage for them to grab that information and run with it. And then again, they want to. The brain is hungry for information. So you've just got to feed it in appropriate amounts at appropriate times and it will work. So that was kind of the theme a lot. I did a talk on what every mother of a preschooler needs to know. You might have heard that talk before if you've listened to me at a conference. I tweaked it a little bit and you know what to be honest there are times I walk away from a talk and I'm like man that was I felt that was powerful. This time I walked away and I just went huh I'm not real sure that this talk had an impact. I really wanted to hammer the self-care you know I wanted to really say you're not perfect and own that you're not perfect and focus on the things the kids are going to remember focus on the majors don't focus on the minors and I wanted to make sure I ease the guilt a little bit and the shame a little bit of, of not being able to do it all but I you know I'm not sure there were some moms there I left thinking, hmm, I hope that they were encouraged and not discouraged and and so even as a speaker sometimes I a question, did I did I get my message across? My heart is always for moms to leave refreshed and encouraged and even convicted because 
we sometimes do need to be convicted to focus on what's important. And I believe what's important is that quality time with our kids, saying yes to them, letting them be little, letting them discover, letting them explore. And I don't know that uh, we get to, we do that as often as we should because we get caught up in the day-to-day. And I get it. I get caught up in the day-to-day. We get overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, I've got to feed them. They want to eat again. Like, I really wish my kids, I could cut them down to two meals a day. You think that'd be okay? Probably not. But boy, it's always we're feeding them. Then we're cleaning up after we eat. And then that creates laundry. And so I'm always trying to do laundry. So I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. And I just looked on the faces of moms across this conference this weekend. And moms were tired. They were tired. And, and I thought to myself, boy, it, wow. I just I had some thoughts on what we can do to support these young moms better. And I want to be able to do that. So that was, that was one of my talks. One of my other talks was about play. And it is my passion. If you know me, you know I am all about play. I'm all about the brain learning through play. And so it was beautiful to watch children play in our booth. I got to meet some new friends. I got to see some old friends. It's really cool to see these kids grow up. It's so nice to see parents come in. Fun to meet new moms that had gotten to know us online, Leslie and I, and get to put faces with names. And it was funny that, you know, sometimes... um, I would talk to a mom, then she'd tell me her name, and a few minutes later, I'm like, oh, wait, I know her. I know her from online, but it's great. So anytime you're at a conference, if you see us and you want to share something or, you know, I call it fangirling because I fangirl over people, and I love the mom, and if you're listening, Lexi, hey, I love that you fangirl over me. I get that, you know, different places that people... I get it because I do it. I mean, it's fun to fangirl over people. It's fun to go, wow, I love what they're for because I think it makes us feel that we're not alone, right? That there's somebody out there that's ranting for what we believe in our heart and it feels like we have that support. So you do have that support. So always feel comfortable coming up to us and asking to talk to us or unfortunately we can't often sneak away to have a cup of coffee or things like that because we're there at the booth even though I wish we could but we are trying to come up with ways to spend time with our listeners with our moms who use our curriculum I want to do that I I want to be able to you know mentor you as much as I can so thank you for saying hey to me and thank you for wanting to talk and asking questions and Again, please know, though, don't know it all. In fact, there's so much I don't know. I was talking to uh, this couple, and they were precious, and they were sharing about the purest of different beliefs, right? You've got your, well, pick pick a, <laughs> pick a camp. There's somebody in it that is diehard, right? And I know for me, I don't fit in a camp, do I? I mean, y'all are probably laughing right now. What camp do I fit in? I fit in the hot mess camp. Can that be a camp? Because that's about where I am. Is the hot mess camp. But I was saying, you know what? The older I get, the more I realize I couldn't be a purist because purists feel as if they know it all in order to stand on what they, you know, to be pure in what they believe. And you know what? I don't. And I realize that as I'm approaching my 50th birthday in September, it hits me about wisdom and knowledge, the difference. And boy, I've gathered so much knowledge about play and about motherhood and about parenting. But what I see now shifting is wisdom. And I think wisdom really comes, with wisdom comes humility. 
Because in that those early years with me, I had a lot of knowledge and I was prideful. I would have let you know swiftly that I thought I knew it all, whether it was theology I was camping on or you know, motherhood I was camping on. I was die hard, you guys. And I'm at these conferences and I hear people having their opinions and there were times I would argue you to death if you'd have told me that you thought a Becca was great for your four-year-old. I would have let you have it about how play, no bashing a Becca, don't get me wrong, fuse a Becca. But, you know, there are certain things that I believe young children must do in order to develop the brain. And I would have gone at you in our booth. And now I just shake my head. I will encourage you if you are open to hearing, I will share but if not, I will just listen quietly and, and send you on your way to their booth. Because I know that it's not for everyone. And you have to make the choice of what you believe is best for your family. And being wise sometimes means that you're quiet. And so this conference, I got to hear a lot of moms. Again, the theme of nervous. We're nervous we're going to mess them up. We're nervous that we're not going to be able to do it all. We're nervous that our little ones are getting left behind while we try to school our big ones. And that was a question we heard a lot. And I just want to encourage you to try and just wrap those little ones up. Don't let them get left behind. Bring them alongside. Let them be part of what you're doing. And someone said it in my session. It wasn't me. My mom was saying, she's like, hey, I'm overwhelmed. How do I spend quality time with my kids? And another mom chimed in and she said, Bring them along in your day. As you unload the dishwasher, let them help. As you fold the laundry, let them be a part of that. And I thought, absolutely, that is what it's about. It takes us twice as long it does, but we are accomplishing twice as much. So if you think of it that way, you are spending quality time and you're accomplishing your goal at the same time. So there's no perfect way of doing it. That's the other thing is every family looks different. Every dynamic of the just the husband wife maybe it's a single mom I mean there's so many different scenarios grandparents in the home all these things that change special needs kids adopted kids you've got just a vast oh, I mean we have so many different possibilities of the types of families that exist so it's unfair for any of us to tell you absolutely it must be this way because we don't know your family we don't know your home so be encouraged that you have the flexibility that you need. Create what works for you and is lovely and can be, you know, just something to be celebrated. Not every day it's stressful, but try and find that harmony for your family and what um, just clicks together and fits for y'all. It's going to take a lot of open communication. It's going to take a lot of grace, but I think it's so important. The other things from this weekend that were fun. Great to see the Smith boys. You know Josiah. And Sam, S.D. Smith, as he's officially called. Man, he has turned into a rock star with his Green Ember series. I'm so pleased. I see it in my own home. He signed a couple of posters for my son, Henry. And I came home immediately today and put those up on his wall. I'm going to get his newest book, um, Ember Rising. And Henry is going to get to see meet him soon. I hope we tried to meet him this weekend. And Sam was so busy. I'm just so pleased. I love it when we can get behind um, someone who is trying hard as a dad and a writer to get his message out there. And what creative stories that he's writing and boosting the imagination and encouraging families to build imagination in kids. I just love that so much. And Josiah's brother is right-hand man working, and so I get so excited. Didn't even get to see Sarah. 
She was so busy with all her Read Aloud Revival fans, but so great to see that too. Again, thank you for supporting these speakers, these authors, these conferences that are passionate about bringing families together. I just love that. Off next week to Texas, Fort Worth we will be for another GHC conference. And I can't wait to catch up with the Somervilles next week. I saw them in Greenville, and they've agreed to be on the podcast to fill us in about what's going on with their life with Tapestry of Grace and homeschooling their three girls. So look forward to having them on the show next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I know that it's a pain sometimes when I don't show up when I'm supposed to, and I appreciate your grace. This is hard stuff, and I'm going to get better at it. That's going to be my goal. So you encourage me when you see me. Give me fresh ideas of something you want me to talk about because you know I love to talk. We'll say it right here for you. So in the meantime, you go out there and you spend some time with your kids. You say yes to something crazy, maybe a whole day of saying yes, just to freak them out totally. And I will be seeing you soon at a conference or back here on the podcast. Take care. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.